For that familiar theme song, we're reminded it's time once again for the Harvest Time Gospel Broadcast. This is a daily broadcast with special emphasis on missions and world evangelization under the direction of Dr. Stenny Ballou of Resaca, Georgia. And now, here is Brother Ballou and today's broadcast. Thank you and greetings, radio friends. What a joy and privilege it is to come to your place of listening again and share together with you another Harvest Time Gospel broadcast. How I praise the Lord for this open door, this heavenly privilege that our Lord allows us day after day together by the radio and study His eternal Word together. I trust that if it's at all possible, you'll get your Bible and follow along with us in the study of the Word of God. And if that's not possible, then you listen carefully as we open God's Word together. We're looking at the book of Second Corinthians chapter number 8. I began on yesterday as we look at this matter of giving to missions by faith. Let me read again the first five verses of Second Corinthians chapter number 8. The Word of God said, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of ministering to the saints. And this they did not as we had hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. That's 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, verse 1 through 5. Here we have the examples of the churches in Macedonia. Now, you recall, as I said on yesterday, that in that region there was a famine, and the church at Corinth had done what was the typical thing for most churches to do. The first thing they did was stop their giving to missions. They did this, of course, in order to save some money. Well, it was not long in the famine till they found themselves not giving to missions, and they still were not able to take care of themselves. If I could just use our expression, they were not able to pay the bills. But the churches of Macedonia, which is the neighboring province, are still giving to missions and still paying the bills and still having revival and rejoicing right in the midst of the famine. The church at Corinth has asked the apostle Paul, what's going on? Explain it to us. And it's as though Paul said, I'd be glad to. You see, God is showing you an example. He said, I want you to look at the example. I want you to wit the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. And that word wit there means to learn by object lesson, to learn by an example. You know, when you realize this truth, it is amazing how much of our Christian growth God produces in our life by the examples of others. Our Lord has a way of bringing other people into our pathway who are spiritually ahead of us, lets us observe the grace of God as it works in them, and then through their life, 
challenges our lives to go on and be something greater for the glory of God. That's what he's doing here. So he said to the church at Corinth, if you'll just observe what those Macedonian believers are doing, then you can understand why God is blessing them in such a manner, even in this time of famine. Now, let's look in the Word of God at four thoughts in this example of the churches of Macedonia. And let me make one statement before I deal with them. Back in verse number one again, Paul said, I want you to wit or witness the grace of God bestowed upon those churches. Now, there is grace for every need. There is grace for every occasion. And there is grace for every situation that any child of God finds themselves in. There is a grace of giving. You see, before God ever does anything through us, He first will have to do something in us. He has to work that work of grace in our lives. It has to be real inside of us before it will ever be manifested in reality outside of us. God must do something in us before he can ever do anything through us. So Paul said to the church at Corinth, it's more than just money. There is a grace of God that has been wrought in the life of those Macedonian believers that you at Corinth need to learn a lesson from. And I give you four thoughts in these verses. First of all, in verse number two, we find that they are giving out of their poverty. They did not stop giving just because hard times came. The Bible said in verse number two, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. So here we find that they continue to give even in a great trial of affliction and in deep poverty. In verse number three, we find that these Macedonian believers were willing not only to do what they could, but they were willing to go beyond their own ability. The Bible said in verse number three, for to their power, and of course here he speaks of their financial power, their financial ability, for to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. Now, the tragedy today is most people are not even willing to do what they can. But here is a group of saints of God that were willing to do that which was beyond them. They were willing to do the impossible as far as human power is concerned. Now, the question arises, preacher, how can you give more than you can give? And the simple, honest answer is you learn to give by faith. You see, faith promise giving is not you giving, but it's God giving through you. And when you learn to give by faith, then that does not rest upon your resources, but upon God's riches. Let me give a simple illustration, very carnal, but I think it'll help you understand. If you'll go in your bathroom and look up on the wall, there is a shower head. That shower head will not hold a half a cup of water. It would be impossible for you to get a shower out of a half a cup of water. But if you go in there, you turn the water on, and you get a shower, the water will still be coming when you're finished, and you've got to turn it off. 
And you look up at that little shower head and you could say, I didn't think you had it in yet. But then you realize it's not what the shower head can do. It's that which it's connected to behind the scene. And that's the way it is in faith promise giving. Faith promise giving is not what I can do, but it's what he who I am connected to can do through me. You see, that shower head is just simply a course for the source to put the force. It is simply a channel for the water line to send out the water so that the individual could get the shower. Well, I submit to you, my friend, in faith promise giving, you just become a channel for God to give through. Now listen to me carefully. Don't miss this very vital thought from the Word of God. Here is our problem. If we could get over this one hurdle, we could go on in this manner of faith promise giving. You see, my friend, God still loves the world. Listen to me carefully. In John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Notice, if you will, For God so loved the world. Past tense. Notice again, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse number 25, the Bible said, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. Again, that word, loved, is in past tense. The Bible said in Galatians 2.20, He loved me and gave himself for me. Now, I've given you three passages of Scripture. He loved the world. He loved the church. And he loved me. He gave himself for the world. He gave himself for the church. He gave himself for me. The word love in those three passages of Scripture is past tense. That love was manifested almost 2,000 years ago when God gave his son to die for us. My question to you is, does God still love the world? Sure he does. He loves it as much as he ever loved it. But now here's the situation. You see, here's God. There's the world. God loves that world. And there's two elements that is a must if he's going to save that world. Number one, he must supply the sacrifice. So he gave his son to die that that world could be saved by the grace of God. Number two, there's got to be the supply. For that world to hear the gospel. The Bible said in the book of Haggai, chapter 2, verse number 9, God said, All the silver is mine, and all the gold, saith the Lord. So he owns it all. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. Psalms 124, verse number 1. Now listen to me carefully. Since God loved the world enough to give his son to die that they might be saved, why can we not believe that same God? that owns all the wealth of the world, would not provide the money for missionaries to go tell that world that he loves them and that he died for them. I submit to you, if I were to give my son as a sacrifice, then I would not withhold money from the need of getting that message out so the death of my son would be of no value. I would want to spend that money and send somebody telling the message 
that my son died for that particular cause. That's the way it is with God. He gave his son to die for the world. That same God will supply the financial need for missionaries to go and tell the world that God loves them and that Christ died for them. But his method of supplying that need is through his people. You see, what I'm saying is this. You do not have to beg God to give you money to give to missions. God is looking for some source, individual to the church, and church to the missionary, God is looking for some source that will freely give out what God gives in. And I submit to you, there is a limit to what I can give, but there is no limit to what God can give. And so we must learn in the manner of giving to missions, God will give through us what he will not give to us. God will put in your hand to put in his missionary offering what he will not put in your hand to put in your wallet or in your bank account. So we find the truth is here. It's not us providing funds for the missionary, but it's God doing it through us. And the thing that opens up God's supply is our faith and our obedience. As we ask God what he wants us to do, God lays it upon our heart. We believe that. We start doing it. And then God takes care of our need as we take care of the need of the missionary. Father, take the word. Use it to your glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Behold, the fields are white. It's all. Well, I trust you enjoyed the broadcast today. Let me remind you that November is our anniversary month, and it's also letter month. Each year in November, we encourage our listeners to write to us and let us know if the broadcast is a blessing, and then buy the letters that we receive during the month of November. We make our plans for the coming year on the station that you listen to. So I want to encourage you today, if the broadcast is a blessing to you, you'd love to see it continue on this station be sure and pray for the radio ministry, and then write to us and share with us in the financial burden of the radio work. Simply address that letter to Harvest Time, 179, Promise Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. That's Harvest Time, 179, Promise Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. Your letter will be a vote to keep this broadcast on your station during the coming year. And be sure to join us each weekday, Monday through Friday, at the same time. God bless you. Until the next broadcast. Our